We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've talked about a lot of the positives, Brian. Is there anything that you look at when you see Sam Hartman that you think something he needs to work on, something that yeah. you know needs to get better at, and what we're going to be focused on throughout the season? He needs to not revert back to bad habits that you're trying to rid him of. So we saw a little bit in the spring game where he would do sort of that slow mesh thing, and you know there's a time and a place for that. But look, look, you're not that in that offense anymore, right? Right, like. You know, make sure you're staying back in the pocket. And make sure your your footwork is correct. I think one thing's one things we saw in the blue gold game, which was super encouraging. Vince is his footwork in the pocket, throwing the ball down the field, was really crisp. He wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because at Wake he would get so close to the line of scrimmage. A lot of times he would have to kind of like almost get on his toes a little bit to to be able to get the ball off because he's right there at the line. Right. And at times I thought at Notre Dame in the couple practices we saw his feet weren't necessarily where they needed to be from a timing standpoint. And then he would rush things and he would throw off his back foot. But when in the spring game, we saw him really clean driving off that back foot, you know, ripping off, you know, keeping his arm speed consistent. That's all stuff I want to see. And then the other part is there were interceptions. He would, there's interceptions. He's going to throw. You can live with. It's (laughs) that aggressiveness that comes with, what makes him so good. But then there's some throws that that's not aggressive. That's just not smart. And he needs to eliminate some of those throws, Sure, you know, and, and um, another thing is the the final thing is to me, he has to learn that you are not, you don't have to put this team on your shoulders week after week. I've pointed this out before they scored 34, 55 and 52 points in three straight games against North Carolina and lost all of them because the defense just couldn't stop anybody. You're not there now. You've got a run game to support you. You've got a great O-line or should have a great O-line. Your defense is good. Like we're all complaining about how the Notre Dame defense last year and we're frustrated by it and all this. And they gave up a million 21 point something points per game defensively. Their season total is like 23. That's because they gave up like four pick sixes last year. So the defense actually was like around 21, 22. 
Sam Hartman would have killed to have a defense that only gave him 22 <laughs> points per game. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you know, this cat led this cat led Wake Forest to eight wins last year with a defense that gave up almost 30 points a game. He gave up 28.3 points per game. He won 11. He, he and Wake Forest won 11 games in 2021, giving up 28.9 points per game. So you don't have to do that anymore. We, you've got help. So be aggressive. Take your chances. Don't lose that aggressiveness. But yeah. you don't have to fit that ball in between three dudes when it's just like take the check down. We'll get in third and two, and we'll 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 live to fight another day. Or mm-hmm. you know, if it's not there, maybe take a deep shot. So if you're going to be aggressive on third down, take your be aggressive throwing down the field. If they pick you off thirty five yards down the it's field from midfield, it's a punt. Yeah. Don't force a ball at midfield on third and five in a triple coverage. It bounces up in the air and they pick you off. Know that, hey, if it's not there, try to throw the ball down the field, move around something because we can punt and pin them deep and our defense is going to do their thing and we're going to get the ball back in good position. Right. We're at Wake Forest. They couldn't miss possessions like they couldn't afford to have back to back punts because then they're going to be down. And so he had to do a lot of those things, Vince. So finding that balance between staying aggressive, right, but also knowing the difference between aggressive and just no. And look, there's going to be a couple plays this year where you're like, dude, what the heck were you thinking? He's going to do it. It's just going to happen. It's who he <laughs> is. And that's who aggressive quarterbacks like him are, guys that are really confident. They're going to make some throws. You're like, yeah, you thought you could make that throw, but you can't. Not against this team. I live with that. Just minimize those. And then the final piece, Vince, is at times when when he would turn the ball over early and the other team would go down and score, he would then put it like pressure on himself to go out there and make a play, and then that would start a snowball effect. Right. And that also factors into what I would just – yeah, a negative snowball effect. And that's where you'd see the games like the Louisville game last year. Where it's like now he's like, well, now I just I gave that team a, a points. I gotta go yeah. get it back. Like, no, you don't. Just run the offense. You're gonna be all right. You've got a team around you that can support you. The minute the Sam Hartman, the moment the Sam Hartman embraces that aspect of it, mm-hmm. I think is when he's gonna really be hard to defend because Agreed. he's gonna understand, hey, we don't have to score every time we get to football. Right? Right. We're okay. Let the defense do their thing. I think it's gonna be important. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Yeah, and I think I think you make a really good point there that I want to extrapolate on a little bit. I think that regardless of what some articles say about Wake Forest having multi-thousand year, a thousand yard, you know, receivers and all of that, and Notre Dame hasn't had any, you know, that kind of a thing. He's got more talent here than he had at Wake Forest on both sides of the ball throughout the entire roster. And he doesn't need to be the Superman. And that's going to be a tough once he gets between the lines, like, yes, academically, he he knows that. Right. You sit him down in May and you have that conversation. He knows that like that. Yes, we got more talent here. No doubt. It's when he steps between the white lines of the field and is playing the game and something goes wrong or, you know, Notre Dame is behind or going into a big game at Clemson or, or whatever the case may be. Right. For him not to have the mentality of, I got to do this myself. Like, I've got to be the guy. That's going to take, I I think that that's going to take a little bit of time, to be honest with you. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm i hoping that it doesn't take enough time that it's detrimental to the team, but that he realizes when he's between the lines that, hey, I just need to get the ball where it needs to go and let my guys do some work. Or right. I need to get us into a position where I can hand the ball off and let these guys do the work. Like, that I don't think that's going to be an overnight thing. I, I really don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope right. I'm wrong. I, I just with the mentality that he's had to have the last five years, it's going to be a tough thing to shake right away. You know what I mean? I yeah. I, that's going to be interesting to see for sure. I think another piece to this that I'm curious to see is how does he use his legs at yeah. Notre Dame? Because there's a big difference between how he used his legs last year and this year. Like or 2021 compared to 2022. Does he find that sweet spot? Because one thing I like to say is I don't want to see him running a whole lot. I want to see him running when it's smart. Mm-hmm. Don't take hits, don't take shots. But right. that's another part too, is how much does he use his legs and what's his comfort level? And then the final piece, Vince, is there is still like you I think you nailed it. There's still an adjustment period. He still is learning a new offense, and he's got it down much more now than he did before, and he's gonna be fine. But sure. how quickly does it take because when you're still learning an offense it's hard to focus only on your teammates right once the offense clicks then he can just focus on his teammates sure and that's going to be the key so let's move down the depth chart Uh, at the moment as we exited spring uh, going into the summer Steve Angeli is the number two quarterback uh, with the departure of Tyler Buckner uh, to the transfer portal so let's talk a little Steve Angeli Steve Angeli this will be his second year in the program, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He is going to be a redshirt freshman, officially. Did not play in five games last year. So he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, zero pass attempts uh, in the collegiate game. So never had really an opportunity to get out. Even though he was the second-string quarterback for, what, half, oh, three-quarters of the season last mm-hmm. year? Uh, which I think, by the way, it was an invaluable thing for him to at least get second team reps all pretty much all last year, even though he didn't get on the field, he was able to take those reps and get the, at least that part of the experience down when that would not have been the case had Tyler Buckner been healthy all season. Right. So he's got that going for him. So let's talk some positives about Steve Angeli, who he is as a quarterback, who he is within this offense. Does the offense have to change if all of a sudden he's thrust into action uh, if Sam Hartman goes down, is it going to be the same offense? Is it going to be an adjustment? No. Who Who is Steve Angeli, Brian? I, I don't know that we necessarily know the answer to that yet. <laughs> I agree. To be honest with you. 
The reason I say that is, is again, this is a young man that played at a very good high school team, was was known as a great leader for that team, mm-hmm. but I believe had like 1,785 yards or something like that passing as a senior. Uh, if if I if I'm if I'm correct on on those numbers, I mean he's not a guy that threw the ball a ton in high school. He's a guy that managed the offense. I think that's what you would be hoping that he would do. Yeah. Um, at Notre Dame, yeah, he uh, is his uh, his uh, senior season. He threw for seventeen hundred and nine yards and fifteen touchdowns as a senior. As a junior, he threw for six nine hundred forty five yards and six touchdowns. So we're talking about a kid that in in his high school career, as a starting quarterback, threw for about twenty six hundred yards and twenty one touchdowns. His high school career, right? That's like not even a good season for CJ Carr. Right. Or for a high, Kenny for a, Yeah. Right. For a, Kenny Minchie had more than that as a junior in high school. Right. And so uh, it, it's that lack of experience. But what I think he has shown is he's a, he's a poised kid. Mm-hmm. He's a confident kid. He's got good arm strength. His ball placement is not great, but he's willing to take some chances. We see in some of the practices we saw, we saw it a little bit. He throws a nice deep ball in high school. I haven't seen him throw a deep ball at Notre Dame. Uh, I, I not not I, I can't remember him throwing a deep ball in the blue gold game either year, but he threw a nice deep ball in high school. Gets up, gets down pretty quickly. You know, highlights. So I only saw the highlight version of it. Sure, but you know, the, the he he's got the arm strength to throw the ball down the field. That is one thing that I think is a little bit different than than Steve Angeli compared to Drew Pine. Is you can still throw the ball down the field if Steve Angeli's your quarterback. And, and actually, I would say I, I right now I probably have a little bit more confidence in Steve Angeli throwing the downfield ball than I would Kenny Minchie, who's got a little bit of a different delivery and you know was more of a that intermediate stuff. He can throw the deep ball, but you know Steve's got a little bit more of the body type for that early on. He'll have a year of experience, so I think you have to you have to change your offense if he has to take over. But it doesn't mean you have to go back to what you were in 2022. I think you can still throw the ball down the field. I think he is a kid that can run. I think he's a mobile kid, so you can do some bootleg stuff to let him get out. Of, he throws the ball well in the run. Agreed. I think he's a kid that you can let him you know, move, and if it's if they drop, he can tuck it and run and pick up six, seven, eight yards. And and so those are all aspects of, of who Steve Angeli can be as the quarterback, if his number is called, the questions, Vince, are can he throw the ball accurately? That's and that was a question. question mark for in high school. Is he he and now when I refer to accuracy and when Vince refers to accuracy, we're not talking about completion percentage. Because as a as a junior in high school, his completion percentage was not great. He completed uh, 59.5% of his passes. But his his completion percentage as a senior was a lot better. He completed sixty eight point two percent of his passes. He threw a lot of quick game, but it's not about accuracy, Vince. As you and I both know, it's ball placement, right? And that's something that's always been a bit of a concern for me because a ball that you complete in high school on the back shoulder of a receiver running an out cut is a pick six or a pick in college mm-hmm. against a good team. Right. So it's not a, it's not about completing passes it's about, can you put the ball where it needs to go? You know, we saw throws last year. I mean, trying to remember what game it was. Drew Pine threw an outcut to Michael Mayer that if he leads Michael Mayer, it's picked or he gets drilled. 
but he threw it behind him and Mayer had to turn around, catch it, get tackled for seven yards. That's good ball placement. That's where that ball needs to be. Can you know when you watch Sam Hartman throw the deep ball? There was like the one. So in the film breakdown I showed Vince, one of the things I in the Florida State game is on one play, the cornerback was inside of him and he just dropped it right over top of the outside shoulder. On the next deep ball I showed, he the cornerback takes away the outside. So AT Perry dips inside and then tries to stack him, but the corner kept staying outside. So Sam Hartman threw the ball on his inside shoulder and let him catch it. And you're like, that's great ball placement. That's right. just not just throwing it up and letting them. That's great ball placement. And I think that's something that 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 Stan Hartman does incredibly well. That right now is a big question mark for Kenny Minchie. If he can improve that part of his game, then I'll have a lot more hope and faith in Steve Angeli. The final piece, and we saw this in this year's Blue Gold game, Vince. He's got to speed up his decision making big time. Like his numbers in the blue gold game were very misleading because there were a lot of throws he did not make in order to take check downs. And, and he made some really nice throws on the run and all that stuff was great. Sure. But those first reads were there a lot. And he was rushing through his reads real way too fast and wasn't willing to see and, and hit the throws on time to get the ball out. Not unexpected of a kid who's in his second, you know, he's a, going into his red shirt freshman season. This isn't like, this is who he's going to be the rest of his career. I don't sure. know the answer to that. But it's if we're talking about him being a starting quarterback, that's something he's going to have to get a lot better at. Right now, benefit for him is at least in fall camp. I expect him to get a ton of number two reps. Yeah, in fall camp. Now, I think him and Minchie will probably split those a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's you're splitting number two and number three reps as as opposed to before you were guys were only splitting the number three reps. So they're going to get all the reps with two and three in fall camp. So both of them are going to get a lot more reps this fall compared to where they were in the spring. That, Vince, should be big. Because as you know, with young kids, the best thing to do is just let them see it as much as you can see it in practice. Sure. Well, that's that's my biggest takeaway from who Steve Angeli is right now on May 30th versus where he was, let's say, even a year ago, right? Because we get access to spring ball, we get access to some fall camp, and then we don't get access again until spring ball the next year. And so there was a noticeable difference for me from fall camp Steve Angeli to spring ball 23 Steve Angeli. Throwing the ball with a little bit more zip, gotten a little bit bigger. You can tell he's more confident. Those are all great things. And those all come with just the natural maturation process of a quarterback on campus, right? He just finished his freshman year. Yeah, he just finished his freshman year academically. A lot has been going on for him, right? And he was taking number two reps all during the fall, pretty much, you know, after what game two or three was taking number two reps the rest of the year. He, he used those to his advantage. There's no doubt in my mind, based on what I saw in the spring from Steve Angeli. Now I was looking at Steve Angeli as the number three quarterback too. So, I mean, it, it, it skews my vision of who Steve Angeli is, right? I remember thinking as we were watching him in the spring, Steve's looking a lot better. You know, he's, he's again, more confident, throwing the ball harder. Accuracy still a bit of an issue, but it gotten better. Like he, he's going to do well as the third team quarterback. This is great. This is a great spot to be, you know, it's going to be good. Now, all of a sudden he's the number two quarterback. So you have to look at it with different glasses on, right? With, with a different vision. The Steve Angeli I see that I remember seeing in the spring that I'm excited to see in the fall I'm going to be looking at him as the number two quarterback. 
he didn't give me number two quarterback vibes in the spring. Okay. Yes. He got better from the fall, the early fall to the spring. No doubt about it, but he wasn't number two guy. Like he, he was the number three guy. And I was happy with that. How much can he get better between now and fall camp? And then throughout the year, if his number has to be called, that's going to be a big question mark moving forward. And I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying, I haven't seen it with my own eyes yet. And you know, I need to see it. I need to see him kind of take the reins of that number two job. If that is in fact where he ends up being, I need to see it. And I think he can get there. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if he's going to be ready to get there this year. And that's what worries me about the depth chart. Right. And not, and again, like you, you had said a while back in this show, if you took Steve and Kenny and you just advanced them a year, yes. we feel a lot better yes. about this year. And I feel the exact same way. And that's the point that I'm making. I think he's on a certain trajectory right now. And his trajectory to me is he's the number three guy this year. But Should be, yeah. that's not reality at Notre Dame right now. Well, it, it may be. It's not right now. Well, still you know what be. I mean. Like, and yes, we'll get to there here in a second. Absolutely. So I, I don't dislike Steve Angeli. I I don't if you're asking me if I if I think that he can be the starter on a Notre Dame team that's going to win a national championship, the answer's no for me right now. Right. Things can change well, especially in, the in 2023 and that's Yeah. That's and, and, and that's point, unrealistic. Right? I, I it, in my mind that's unrealistic to even anticipate that that would be the case, right? So he's light years behind Sam Hartman and again, that's yeah, like he's like to your point Vince, he's 4 years Right. Less experience than Sam. Absolutely, Hartman. it's expected. I, and I'm right. not saying that as a dig on Steve. That is not my my goal here. It's just a reality. He's four years behind the starting quarterback. And right. There's nothing in between. Like right. that's that's the problem with the depth going into this year. And you know, again, we're gonna see what he can do in the fall. I expect him to take another small step. He just needs to take a big step. Uh, yeah. Just based on the way the depth chart is right now. Yep. I think the last piece with Steve Angeli is, I'll, I'll just say this. You know, you always want to be wrong when you don't think highly of a kid. But I, I think that this is one that I really want to be wrong about. Because, number one, it's important for Notre Dame. They need him to be better than I yes. think he is. Yeah. Number two, you don't have to spend a lot of time around Steve Angeli to be like, this is a super likable kid. Oh, yeah. Like a super likable kid. And you want kids like that to be better. So I actually think the arm strength is good enough. I think the athleticism is good enough. I just wonder if the arm talent is good enough. And there's a difference. And and this will be the year, if Steve Angeli is the guy that other people think he is, he's going to seize hold of this opportunity and make it a no-doubter who the number two quarterback is on this football team. But he's going to have to hold off a pretty talented player, Vince, and that leads us into the third quarterback. Correct. That's so... Let's talk about Kenny Minchie. Kenny Minchie, true freshman, came in early, had the spring. There's no doubting his stature, you know, who you know who he is as a as a as a physical specimen as they say, right? Coming into his freshman year, it always amazes me what some of these kids look like when they're supposed to be, you know, finishing their second semester of their senior year in high school and yet they're out here, you know, banging heads with with college players. You know, physically, I test, he fits right in, right? He fits mm-hmm. right in. Uh, I would say, and again, this isn't, I, I, I don't like to preface this, but it. I still do because people are going to think I'm a Kenny Minchie hater or something like that. He was a early enrollee freshman in the spring. 
he looked like he was drinking out of a fire hose at times. Yeah. I mean, he just did. And that's a hundred percent to be expected, especially at the quarterback position. Sure. Cause you can't just go out and be, be athletic like you can at some other positions, right? Like the, the wide receivers, for example, you've said it a million times. One of the easiest positions to come out and be effective in early is at wide receiver. This is quarterback. This is different, right? So he, he was drinking out of a fire hose. He's going to learn a ton mentally between the end of spring and the beginning of fall and then throughout fall camp. There's going to be a huge jump in what he recognizes, what he sees, all of those different things. And I expect that, right? His physical tools, to me, are undeniable. When he knows where he wants to go and he has conviction in where he wants to go, that ball comes out hot and it comes out accurate. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. I like watching Kenny Minchie play the game of football, okay? When he's on. The big question going into the fall is, is he going to be more on yeah. than Steve Angeli? Well, because I know you listened to the video that I did with Tim O'Malley last week. Yes, I and did. And that's one of the things that Tim – and I had heard this, but not as strongly as he did. But he had heard that, that Kenny Minchie was really good in the jersey scrimmage the week before oh, the okay. spring game. And I had heard he played well, but you know he was also kind of – he played against the threes. But but you start saying, well, you know, that's the environment you want to be in. I can't evaluate him at all based off the blue gold game. Right. Because right. he just had no time to throw the football. I mean, it Correct. was it was just it <laughs> right. was not good. And so to me, um when I when I look at at him, uh, he's got special arm talent. And one of the things we heard from Malik Zaire, from Trent Dilfer, from a lot of people that were at the Elite Eleven game that have been around Kenny Minchie. Uh, I can I'll say this and uh, and now you know, since he's gone, but I had a converse couple conversations with Tommy Reese about Kenny Minchie, and one of the things that they all rave about is this is one of the smartest kids you're ever going to meet at quarterback. Like his ability to process, to take in and process information is exceptional. Not and, and even though he's got really good arm talent, like it, it's he plays even better in high, at the high school level as a junior anyway. He was good as a senior when he was healthy. He just was hurt. But his uh, as his arm strength got better, he became a really good quarterback because he's so smart. The anticipation that he has as a quarterback is exceptional. I mean, there was a play, Vince, you remember the breakdown we did on him where he throws like an over route and he drops down and he throws it. And I'm like, where the heck is he throwing that ball? And then on the screen, you see some receiver kind of coming across, and he just runs right into it. And you're like, that's, right. a, that's a junior in college throw, mm-hmm. not a junior in high school throw. His anticipation is outstanding. And so when I see those things, it's like I'm really curious to see how much Kenny is going to benefit from the extra reps he's going to get this summer. And in the yep. fall, because the summer absolutely. reps are big too, Vince. And oh, these kids absolutely. report this weekend, this next week, they report. He's going to get a ton more seven-on-seven reps because those are now being split up between three and four guys instead of five yep. or four, depending on how many you give to, to Dylan, the, the, the fourth string kit. So, and then also Sam Hartman's got to be smart this summer. You can't go out there, especially with the injury he had last year, if you believe what they report his injury was, then that's another one where you can't overdo it this summer. You know, get your work in, get your throws in, but like, know your, know like, hey, let Kenny and Steve get these reps, these extra right. reps. You know what I mean? Those things are going to benefit them a ton too. I'm very curious to see the kind of jump Kenny can or cannot make 
Kenny Minchie can or cannot make in that regard with those extra reps because the arm talent is outstanding. I mean, you you made a comment, is, is Steve Angeli a guy that can lead you to a championship? I, I don't know the answer to that. I do believe that Kenny Minchie has the physical and mental tools to do that. That doesn't mean he's ever going to put it all together. We don't never know the answer to that. Right. But there's nothing he lacks other than just I wish he was two inches taller, you know, that I can really point to and say. And he doesn't have a bazooka for an arm, right? I, I'll say that. His arm isn't like a rocket, but his anticipation is such and is that and is you're talking about elite ball placement. Those things are such that they overcome the fact that he doesn't have a rocket arm. He's got a good arm, but he doesn't have like a rocket arm. He's, he doesn't have, but neither does Sam Hartman. Right. And and it, it gets by on, on decision-making, timing, accuracy. If you can do that and you've got the studs that you're going to have around you that Notre Dame is going to have around you his entire career, Kenny Minchie's a kid you can win with. You can win a lot with. Now sure. the question is, Vince, will that be as a true freshman and that's, that's the question. Because we're talking about the depth chart for this year, right? right. And Correct. so w- will his physical gifts and his ability to understand the offense be enough to push him into that number two spot at the end of the fall? I don't know. I, You know, we always talk about positional battles and all of those different things. Look, there's no battle for who's going to be the starter. That That's locked in. The battle, and in this particular position, is going to be for the number two spot. They're, they're going to battle it out. Somebody's going to be two. Somebody's going to be three. And just because it's that way on August 26th when they head over to Ireland doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be, you know, the 12th game of the season either. Just want to throw that mm-hmm. out there. I think this is going to be a season-long battle that could go, and maybe not on our depth chart that we get every week at the games, you know, that kind of a thing. But I, I think it could go back and forth throughout the season depending on who's having, you know, the better week or whatever. So. The biggest question with Kenny, in my opinion, is can those physical gifts give him enough to push him to the number two spot right. this year? This year. Right. That's the that and that's what we don't know. Yeah. And that's the concern, Vince, as, as as I said and as you reiterated. If I if I if these guys both had an extra year under their belts that we have now, we're we're having a we're done with this conversation a half an hour ago. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And so um you feel good about where you are. And right. just, you just are. Yeah, absolutely. So that's sort of the breakdown part, Vince. Let's kind of have some fun with this. This is a section we're gonna segment we're gonna do, and it's kind of quick, quick things, right? Number one is what are we most confident in, and what are the biggest question marks that we have about the about the quarterback position going into 2023? So I'll let you start, Vince. What's the one thing that you're most confident in going into this season when it comes to the Notre Dame quarterback that position well what I'm most confident in is that Sam Hartman is going to get the entire offense involved he's going to spread the ball around I mean one of our biggest complaints obviously last year was Michael Mayer Michael Mayer Michael Mayer I get it Michael Mayer's a really good player but everybody in the stadium knew when Michael Mayer was going to get the football and it it wasn't that there was a problem I mean Michael Mayer should have touched the ball time a ton there just was times where it's like it was clear he wasn't the primary read, and you right. still went to him anyway, and the primary read was open. was wide open. That's Wide open, yeah. yes. And so I feel like Sam Hartman is going to come in, and not only is he going to push the ball down the field and do all of those awesome things, he's going to – he doesn't have necessarily any favorites. He's going to get other – he's going to run the offense, so to speak. He's going to go through his reads, and if the 
if that's not obvious right now, go back and look at the blue goal game. He wasn't picking favorites. I mean, he's throwing to Matt Salerno. He's throwing to uh, Great great House. He's all over the place, right? A a kid who's six years younger than he is. Yeah, he's open. I'm throwing him the ball. Like That is who Sam Hartman is going to be. He's going to fulfill what the offense should look like, right? He's going to get everybody the ball who needs to get the ball when they need to get the ball. And it doesn't matter who it is. If they're wearing the same color jersey and they're open, they're going to get the ball. I just... I just feel like this offense is now going to be a sideline to sideline and line of scrimmage to end zone offense because Sam Hartman is at the helm. I'm with you on that. I think the thing that I'm going to go with, I think that one thing that I would not think what I'm most confident in about this quarterback position is we will see a much more aggressive level of play from the quarterback position than we've seen in a long time. I think this is going to be the most aggressive quarterback play we've seen since 2015 when Deshaun Kaiser threw the ball Just down the field a lot. <laughs> and so I think that's um, that's a that's sort of one of the things I'm very confident in. Um the, the, like if you go back actually if you if you kind of look at it um we talked about you know the 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 production throwing the ball down the field. I mean if you you go back and look at, at 2015 Malik Zaire attempted four passes of 20 yards or more, and he had 155 yards and two touchdowns in a game and a half, throwing the ball down the field. And then Deshaun Kaiser had um, – he threw for 817 yards on deep balls, nine touchdowns, two picks. He wasn't as accurate, but he threw the ball down the field. And then, you know, and, then, and so even then you were 50 – what 57 58 attempts right and that's with will fuller <laughs> they're gonna have more than 60 attempts throwing the ball down the field vertically this year you know what i mean and 20 yard attempts are not just go routes and seams it's the deep overs it's the sail routes it's the corner routes it's double posts it's things like that that we're gonna see a lot more of two vents mm-hmm. that count as 20 yards down the field or more. So I think those are things that we're going to see that that I'm pretty confident we're, we're going to see in this offense. What's the biggest – I mean, I think we kind of discussed this, but what's the one big question mark that you have uh, on offense? For me, it's if Sam Hartman goes down, I don't know that they have a guy that can – can they have guys that can get him out of a game? Yeah. I don't know if they have guys can if, – if, if you miss Sam Hartman for a week and you've got somebody other than Ohio State you know, USC, they can win you that game. Right. Sure. Do they have a guy that can get them through four? Cause there's not a, there's not a four or five game stretch where you don't play one of those teams. Right. The way that your schedule set up. If you have a five game stretch this year, four game stretch this year where you're missing your quarterback, there's no way you can avoid Ohio state Clemson or USC unless the four games you miss are one through four. Right. And you right. know, so and he's still going so, on the road to NC State, which is not right. You know, no. easy pickings. No, and Tony so. Gibson's not a quarter, not a guy you want to face. The defensive coordinator's not a guy you want to face with a young, inexperienced quarterback. Right, right. And so that that's my biggest concern is if something happens to Sam Hartman for an extended period of time, my expectations for this football team go down. Oh, they change completely. I mean, it just. They do. They change completely. Uh, I, I was going to kind of touch on something that I said earlier and that my, and it's not even a, my biggest concern because that just makes it sound negative and I don't necessarily want to go that route. But my biggest concern is that is how long does Sam Hartman and 
how long does it take Sam Hartman to realize that it says ND right here and not WF? You know what I mean? How long is it going to take him to realize what he's got around him and and trust those guys to go out and make plays? Like, like yeah. just do your job, Sam. You do your yeah. job, Sam, and you could be sitting at New oh, York. So this is what it's like having two right. first-round draft picks at offensive <laughs> tackle protected. Right. Okay, this exactly. is weird. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's because to your point, that's that's the key though. He he has he had full faith in the pass catchers of Wake Forest. Full faith. Where he didn't always have faith was in the offensive line because he had happy feet a lot, because he'd be he'd get hit Mm -hmm. a lot, so he couldn't set his feet and throw in rhythm. He'd have to kind of, you know, rush things and it would affect his his accuracy and some different aspects of it. He didn't trust his defense, and at times he didn't trust the run game. We can't get into a third and one because I don't know that we can complete this. We can right. run the ball and move the chains. I can't afford to not get a touchdown here because we haven't stopped this other team all day. And if right. we don't score every time we touch the ball against North Carolina, we're not going to win. Exactly. That's he, not the case. I, he doesn't have, yeah, he doesn't have to have that mentality. No. He doesn't have to have that mentality. So that's going to no. be the thing for me. Um, so it's kind of a positive. Yeah, I mean, kind of a Notre Dame's – three of Notre Dame's four losses last year, Vince, the opponent scored 21, 22 – no, I'm sorry. 21, 19, and 16 points. Those aren't games Sam Hartman's losing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you know, tell you, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday. He was like, you know, you know, 10 and 2 is the floor. And so, so do you think this team's going to be about the same as last year? He goes, no, I think this team's going to be better. I said, okay, let me ask you a question, buddy. Sam Hartman's a quarterback in Notre Dame last year. What's their record? He's like, so it starts going through. He goes, well, I think they probably beat Ohio State. They definitely beat Marshall and Stanford. I don't know about USA. So, so you just said last year they'd be 11-1. and one. Basically the same schedule, but two of the three teams are at home. And, you know, at worst 10-2 and two last year. At worst 10-2 and two last year. And now you're telling me that even though you think Notre Dame's going to be a better team this year, that their record is going to be exactly what it was last year. And he's like, well, I think – and it came down. He just doesn't want to get too excited. I mean, that's I get what that. it comes down to. I get that. 100%. Totally get that. Yeah. Totally get that. Yep. But the point is, is that the, the excitement is coming from, from who Sam Hartman is as a football player. And I think those are areas where it, it gets down to it, he's got to be healthy for this team to reach its potential. Absolutely. And, that's yeah, and, he, and he's got to – and honestly, yes, he can go down for one game if it's not one of the big three – and you can probably get your way out of it. Yeah. Agree with that wholeheartedly. But he's got to be healthy the whole season. I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be. Now, Vince, you wanted to do sort of confidence projections. So explain what that is. Sure. And then we'll we'll do those. So for as me, we wrap this up this part yeah, of it up. So we will me, do a mailbag. Roy, we will do a yes. mailbag afterwards. So if you have mailbag questions, right. go ahead and get those in. So for me, I when I was thinking about a confidence thing, I was thinking. Of all the position groups, where do you rank them confidence-wise? What do you have the most confidence in from that positions group, top to bottom? It, where, do the, where does today, so where does the quarterback position fall for you of all the position groups for Notre Dame, offense and defense? Where does the quarterback position fall for you? So I can see you writing down over there. So I, And I'm going through this in my head offensively and see and this changed for me Vince can we go two ways can we do starter and depth yeah absolutely because that does change it obviously because I was just going to say 
this changed for me when Tyler Buckner hit the transfer portal. Yeah. I was very confident in the, in the quarterback position from a depth standpoint until he hit the portal. And as we've discussed over the last you know hour and 40 minutes, that has changed and our confidence in the depth has been shaken to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, let's do starters first. So of all the position groups, from a starter's standpoint, where does the quarterback position fall for you? For me, it's one. Yep. It is. It was it is. a debate between three positions, quarterback, okay. cornerback, yep. and offensive line. Okay. Okay. The reason I'm going here is obviously with those positions, there's multiple guys, right? And so mm-hmm. here's why basically what it comes down to for me. The reason – so I, I looked at, okay, corner and O-line, who do I have more confidence in? And ultimately, when it comes to starters, it's the cornerback position right now because we still don't know who all the starters are going to be for the Notre yep. offensive line, right? Absolutely. But then it's like, okay, now it's corner and quarterback. And then what does it come down to? It's Cam Hart's health. Mm-hmm. If I was fully confident that Sam Hart was gonna, Cam Hart was going to be 100%, then this would be a much tougher discussion for me. Cornerback is clearly number one on defense. But if Cam Hart was healthy, then he would be the guy. Having said that, if Cam Hart was healthy, meaning he didn't get hurt against Boston College, I don't know if Cam Hart's still on the Notre Dame football team. That's he might have gone pro. Very good point. And so uh, quarterback is is number one in my confidence going to see because I, I fully expect Sam Hartman to be very good. The question is, will he be a national championship caliber quarterback? That I don't know because we haven't seen him do that yet. We – like, look, he did very well at Wake Forest last two years. Led them to 19 wins the last two years. You know, led, led them to 11. Guys, they won 11 games in 2021, giving up 29 points per game. <laughs> right? And so, to me, Notre Dame last year won nine games, giving up basically 23 points per game total and like 21 and change defensively and we're all losing our minds about how bad the Notre Dame defense was last year and the way people talk about it so quarterback is number one for me depth wise it's number eight. Ooh, yeah and, and 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 maybe lower and and honestly the reason that I would say the reason it's eight is because I have safety lower right now because of injuries and unknowns. I don't know when Antonio Carter is going to be. I'm excited about it, but I really don't know until we see him, you know, go out there and, and play that position. Cause it's not like I can watch Rhode Island film and say, that's exactly what he brings to Notre Dame defense. Cause he's not playing the same position at Notre Dame that he's going to be playing that he played at Rhode Island. I don't have a lot of faith in DJ Brown in the big games. And then of course the two freshmen are both coming off injuries. So safety is lower and then the other position that's lower right now for me, Vince, is tight end, to be honest with you. Tight end so and much running injury back questions. are all in it. Yeah, and that's that's my issue at running back is I love the talent there, but the injury history is a big question mark. So eight is where a quarterback is. You could argue seven because of the injury problems. I love the talent at tight end. I love the talent at running back behind the starters. I just have major question marks about the health of those positions. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with um, with uh, my confidence level in the depth chart at Notre Dame. Just because quarterback's not necessarily a position you want to have a bunch of inexperience. And for me, yeah. I just have to be honest, 
I'm just not as high on Steve Angeli as some other people are. I hope I, I really hope I'm wrong. I have I would love for Steve Angeli to make me look bad when it comes to this project. <laughs> I really I'm just being dead serious. Right. No, I know you are. I just I just have never seen anything from his high school film, his camp circuit workouts, or anything in, that we've seen in practices or spring ball that makes me think what other people say about him is who he is and not what the film says he is. And I hope he does prove me wrong. And I hope these opportunities help him to get to that level. I just haven't seen it yet. And I don't want to have to throw a freshman out there, a true freshman out there. Sure. And have to say, Hey, we're, we're playing Bama or Georgia or Clemson or Ohio state or USC or Oregon or whoever. And we got a true freshman quarterback that we got to trot out there talking about, you know, looking at the matchup for Notre Dame. And that's just not where I'd want to be, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, when we when you consider depth, when you take that into account, you know, again, losing Tyler Buckner was huge. This would it would still be probably number one for me if if Tyler Buckner was still here. But now that drop off to whoever it is, and it's not a knock on either one of the guys that's next on the depth chart. It's whoever it is. Neither one of them have thrown a college pass, so mm-hmm. you're looking at zero experience behind the starter, right? I have them at seven. You can make a case for six. I think you can make a case for eight you know, right in that neighborhood. I agree with you with everything you just said. I want to rehash everything that you said right now. I had tight end and safety uh, behind them tight end for the, in- I mean, not only is there injury question marks at tight end because there obviously is, but there's also playing time. Like they just haven't, there's just not a lot of experience at tight end right now. Uh, that, that worries me. And then obviously safety is, is, is a numbers game and that's a major issue right now. So they got they're at seven for me. Okay. They dropped from one to seven. Yeah. They We're dropped close. from one to seven. Last one, Vince, before the mailbag. This is a little bit of fun. We're gonna do bold predictions with each each position group breakdown. Bold predictions are meant to be just that bold predictions. So <laughs> right. saying like Audric estimate is gonna rush for a thousand yards is a prediction. It's not a bold prediction. Right. He rushed for nine hundred and twenty two last year and wrote was in a rotation. Um so it bold predictions are meant to be a little bit um, like, wow. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that's interesting. That's a little bit. All right. That, so that's what a bold prediction is going to be Vince. So when it comes right. to the quarterback position, what is your bold prediction for the 2023 season for Notre Dame? So of all the stats that, Sam Hartman has put up in the past. And we obviously had talked about a bunch of those during the, during the show. I just don't know that his stats are going to be as gaudy. I think he'll be more effective, but I don't know that they're going to be as gaudy because of the Notre Dame run game. And we know that Marcus Freeman still wants to run the football. Like this is going to happen, right? We, Mm -hmm. We know that that is the case. I still believe though, that, Sam Hartman is going to account. And I don't know how bold this is. I still think he's going to account for over 40 touchdowns total rushing and throwing. I think he hits, I think he goes over 40. So I don't know if that's bold enough, but that's where I, that's where I'm at with my bold prediction. My bold prediction is going to be that Sam Hartman is going to be in New York at the end of the season. I'm not saying he's going to win it, Right, but I'm saying he's going to be there, right? And I'm obviously referring to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. That's what bold predictions are supposed to be, right? Like, Absolutely. okay, that's that's there. 
Because the way I look at it is, Ian Book finished like ninth in Heisman Trophy <laughs> voting in a year we threw 15 touchdown passes. I use this stat right? all the time. All the time. And and if Sam Hartman has 40 total touchdowns, so let's say it's like 34 passing and six rushing. That's, you know, something like that. Yep. He's going to be over i mean to get there he's going to be over over 3500 yards passing i would think to get there 3500 yards passing in the regular season is not a ton of yards per game you know it's 291.2 yards per game we've seen Notre Dame quarterbacks do that in the regular season in book averaged that in the regular season in 2018 so i think he's going to have that I think he's going to be at least around there. I think he's going to be over 3,500 yards of, of passing. I think he's going to be close to 37, 38 and around 40 touch total touchdowns. But the other thing too is Notre Dame's going to be really good. I think the fact that his numbers won't be super gaudy, like I don't see him being a 4,000 plus yard passer, although I'd love to see it. I mean, because that means Notre Dame's going to be really freaking good because <laughs> right. they are going to run the football. Yeah. You know, it means they're going to be averaging like, 10 yards an attempt like Ohio state did a couple years ago, you know? So, so you look at that and you say, okay, um, I, I think that's going to be one of those things where he's just not going to have quite the gaudy numbers to get them, to get him to where he can win it. But I think he's going to be in a situation where he's going to have a gaudy enough numbers to where he can at least be there. It, it's because it's be interesting though, because I, I agree yeah. with you. I think he's going to be sitting in New York because I think a lot of that has to do with the team success. The team, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know that he's going to need the gaudy numbers to win it. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman. What I am saying though, you need that quote unquote Heisman moment. Right. right? There's going to be a lot of opportunities for Sam Hartman to have a Heisman moment. If you look at the big games that are going to be on his schedule, when they are going to be played, prime time, right, at night, the whole deal, right? He's going to have a lot of opportunities to have those Heisman moments where I don't know that he's going to have to have the gaudy numbers, but there's going to be a lot of highlights. Yeah. And I feel like that may be enough if the team success equals. It just depends on who else is in the conversation. Fair enough. If it's Because you look at C.J. Stroud last year. C.J. Stroud, at the end of the season, threw for 3,688 yards, and that included the bowl game. I mean, he threw for 348 yards, so he was at 3,420 yards and 37 passing touchdowns at the end of the regular season. I could easily see Sam Hartman there. Absolutely. And the other part of it is, is like, but it's going to have to be the efficiency. So like the thing, the thing is, is, is one thing you look at Sam Hartman's statistics at Wake Forest, they did throw the ball a ton and, and uh, his yards per pass attempt weren't great. Although this past year was his best year. It was at 8.6, but he was eight, one in 2020, eight, three and 21. And then eight, six this past year. is isn't bad at all. Uh, you want to see him at least be minimum eight, six, you want to see him be closer to nine or above. I think Ian Book was at like eight, nine in the regular season in 2018 when he averaged about three. Yeah, I think Ian was at like about – if you take Ian's uh, games where he wasn't a starter out, I think Ian was at like 292 during the regular season, and it was like eight, nine per attempt in 2018. Those are numbers that got C.J. Stroud there. But the thing is, is but if the guy that, that he's also battling against has got 4,500 yards passing and – 
you know, 45 to, so, I mean, there, there is some level to that. And, sure. but, you know, the question is, but who would that be? Well, is it going to be Caleb Williams? Well, if Caleb Williams throws for 700 more yards than Sam Hartman and has seven or eight more touchdowns, but Sam Hartman outplays him in the game that they play against each other and Caleb struggles, then Sam will get it. But if Caleb has 4,500 passing yards and Sam has 37 and Caleb has 45 touchdowns and Sam has 35 to 40 touchdowns and Notre Dame beats USC, but Caleb Hart, Caleb Williams still balls out. It's just his team's not as good. Then he will and probably should still get the Heisman again. If it comes down to that kind of discussion, right? That's kind of where I'm coming from is even though I don't think there's a desire to give a guy a back-to-back national championship, if it comes, I mean, Heisman Trophy, I mean, if it comes down to it, USC's offense is just by nature going to produce a lot more numbers. So it would really have to be Notre Dame beats USC and they have, and Sam has to play like really outplay. Sure. On those are the Heisman moments we were talking about, Correct. right? That, you know right, what I mean? To your point. Yeah. And that's the Absolutely. thing. Is he's, but he's going to get that opportunity. Absolutely. Playing against Brennan Vernon on the road, or Brennan Vernon. Brennan Armstrong on the road in week three is going to be an opportunity. Playing against sure. Ohio State at night is going to be opportunity. So, th- like you said, there's going to be, I mean, playing against Riley Leonard, there's going to be a lot of quarterback battles this year, too, that are going to be very entertaining, where he's going to get a chance to duel against as I said, Brennan Armstrong, he's going to get a duel against whoever Ohio State's quarterback is going to be. He's going to get a duel against Riley Leonard. He's going to get a duel against Phil Dracovic. He's going to get a duel against um, Klubnik. You know, his his old school, Cade Klubnik, obviously. And then, of course, Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to have those moments. And that's what I'm looking forward to um, seeing that. Now, yeah. But that, but that's why we call it a bold prediction because we don't really know how he's right. going to play in those games. I mean, yeah. he played phenomenal against Clemson last year. Phenomenal. He didn't play very well the first two years against Clemson, his first two starts against Clemson. So which one are we going to see? That that I don't know, and that's sure. going to be the fun of it. So Vince, that's going to do it for this breakdown of quarterbacks. We're going to do a mailbag next, so don't go anywhere, everybody. But before we jump to the mailbag, do us a favor: hit that like button. Hit the, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. If you have not done so, please sign up for the message board. Show your sport for Irish Breakdown. Go to the message boards, the boards on irishbreakdown.com, and sign up today. We got some things we want to do with this, with this company and different things we want to do, and we need your support to make that happen. So definitely go sign up for that as at, at boards at irishbreakdown.com. 